21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. What are the main differences you see between entrepreneurs in Germany and the USA? This life feels like the sunny water. Great question. So generally speaking, I think when there's something in the US that a few years later, it's being adapted into Europe and Germany, for example, right? So if, if there's like a trend and if we're talking about marketing, there's like this one specific thing called UGC, user generated content, where brands essentially reach out to content creators, right? Like micro influencers, so to say. And this is something that has been adapted into Germany and Europe just like recently, I'd say like one or two years ago. So you can always see that the US, in my opinion, is always taking the cake as in being really proactive and, and super innovative as opposed to Germany, right? I'm not saying Germany or Europe in general isn't proactive, but if we're talking about especially wealth allocation and the richest people of the world, like you can see that it's like mostly in the US and not really in, in Germany and Europe. I'm not saying Germany doesn't have rich people, but generally speaking, just putting that out there. And uh, uh, what do you think are uh, the benefits of, of being an entrepreneur in Germany or where are you situated now? So I'm living in Bali right now, but born and raised in Germany. What are the benefits of being in Bali? I mean, born and raised in Germany, it's, it's kind of hard to say because in the US, the barrier to entry anything or even just create an LLC, like you can just do it online, you pay online, you can pay with a credit card, you can pay with PayPal, whatever it is, right? In Germany, 99% of the cases, let's say 100% of the cases, you just have to go to the local office with a slip of paper, register it in person. Of course, you can do it via post as well. But who really does that, right? In my opinion, Germany is always super behind when it comes to technology and, and advancing. And you can even see that when you're on the highway, you know, in your car. Let's say you're driving, I'm on my phone. The connection on the highway is so incredibly bad. And when there's something in Germany that needs to be fixed, there's always politics in place that takes so long to decide on something that the general consensus is incredibly delayed, right? So if there's like a decision now, it wouldn't be implemented up until a few years in the future, which is... A few years, huh? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, sometimes it could be faster, but the barrier to entry is just so much higher as an entrepreneur. And I wouldn't really say that Germany is entrepreneur friendly because uh -huh. you have all of this crazy paperwork that you have to take care of, all of the laws. And yeah, it's it's kind of like, it's kind of like a joke that when people are calling authorities on their phone, that they're like low-key anxious to talk to them because they're like, oh, I don't know what's expecting me. I'm I'm super scared to even talk to them, right? Whereas in the US, it's like, mm -hmm. shouldn't be afraid to talk to anyone. Like, it's your business and you need to know what you should be doing, right? And of course, if there's something you don't know, then there should be some kind of form of help for you and your business, right? And that's not really given in Germany. When did you first start uh, your entrepreneurial journey? 
and where? In Germany or? Yeah, yeah, in Germany. So I was in uni 2016, pretty much graduated high school, moved to a different city in 2016, started in December 2017. And I was like, man, like this uni stuff isn't really me. Because at the end of the day, I had professors talking about theoretical stuff, but no one was in the economy. No one was like, no one had the track record of being able to show like, oh, like this is something I've built or this is an exit that I've made or this is like a huge achievement that I've had, you know, like their academic history might be crazy. They've written great papers. They might even work for big companies, you know, but it's like, what did they do themselves? Like, did they create any, I'm not saying they didn't create any value. They did not create any value. They for sure have created value in their respective companies. But for me as an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur back then, it's like, like, how, how can I really respect these people talking to me in the lecture and talking about entrepreneurship or marketing, for example, and they're just teaching stuff out of a textbook. Like uh, to me, that's nonsense. So yeah, starting December 20, 2017 with e-commerce dropshipping, essentially, and kind of snowballed from there to marketing, paid ads, investing to other companies, having a few exits few exits yeah how have you how have you been uh, able to achieve such success uh, with your business and at such a young age focus working hard dedication not relying on motivation but just being consistent making trade-offs because everything you do is a trade-off right i could go to the club with my friends on a friday or i could just stay at home and work i'm not saying i don't like clubbing i'm not saying i'm never going out right but back then, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, I've made these trade-offs. I'm not saying I never went clean, but there were like months where it was just sitting at home, working on my business and just trying to learn as much as I could. And I'd say just from that grind, 12, 14, 16 hours a day, consistent over months and months and months. I mean, you can't fail if, if you don't stop, in my opinion, just a matter of time. And sometimes you get a bit lucky. had your own challenges i suppose oh for sure i, yeah. I think everyone has to deal with their own yeah. package <laughs> absolutely uh, can you be more specific uh, what challenges uh, have you faced along the way and how did you well how how did you overcome them i mean in in life you know not only in business but in life it's not only roses and flowers and, and the pony garden you know I didn't even have Instagram up until 2020. So it wasn't really partaking that online world, so to say, like posting stuff on Instagram and everything. Cause like, what was I supposed to post? And like, when I think about it back then, I'm like, well, I, I on the one hand, I kind of wish I started documenting everything way earlier, just to kind of like see the journey and not like, it's kind of like the iceberg picture, you know? So like you, you, you only see the iceberg tip the tip of the iceberg where it's like, oh, success and money and travel and clubbing and partying and all that kind of stuff. But like, no one sees what's behind it, right? Because no one likes to post that. No one likes to post their failures. So things that I've had to deal with, I mean, I was pretty much off with no money. I didn't have any savings. I didn't have whatsoever. So while being in uni, I had to work to financially support myself. I still remember up to this day that there were months that at the end of the month, I, because I didn't have any savings, right? I had like, 
less than five euros left in my bank account. At one time, I was asking my friend, like, hey, can you lend me 20 euros? Because, like, it was the last day and my paycheck didn't come yet. So I didn't have any food at home. And, like, once, you, once you're at that kind of a low point, it's kind of like, what the fuck am I actually doing? Because like, it's so embarrassing, right? I'm not even able to financially support myself by the end of the month because I have to rely on someone else paying me. And this is like when I really started to make click that I was like, okay, I see all these people on YouTube, all these 18, 19, 20 year old kids making money, making 20, 30, 40K a month with e-com with dropshipping. And I really thought, what is the difference between them and, and, and myself? And I figured, well, because ego was a huge thing back then, you know, like everyone has an ego. No one wants to admit it. Everyone has an ego. Everyone thinks they're better off than, than everyone else. Everyone thinks they're smarter, better looking and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I, I really started to, to think about it. I was like, wait, the only th reason why they're better off is because they're working harder and making better decisions. Not because they got lucky. Maybe they've gotten lucky. And, you know, like, I, th I think luck always kind of plays into it with momentum. But unless you're playing the lottery, you're not going to become rich by luck. What are your strengths that helped you out through all those harsh times on your way to success? Not, stop not stopping to learn, definitely. If you think you're like the smartest guy in the room because you're not, you know, and I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room because if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. When did you realize the ego is issue and you need to work on it to continue even faster just up? I started to realize in 2018 when I kind of failed but made like some money on selling a store as a pre-built store. But like even up to this day, I'm having these realizations because it's constant development, right? You're you're not trying to become worse, but you're always trying to become a better version of yourself of these 1% optimizations, right? So that being said, I really think that uh, like even up to this day, I have ego, but the first realization, 20, 2018, the second realization, 2020, 2021 even and, and even this year in january where i was like damn because like when you're starting to reflect everything that you're doing which i think what is super important because you need to be reflecting on your own actions it's kind of like you're you know if if you win if you want to become a successful bodybuilder well you need to you need to track your workouts right you need to do well you need to know how how much you're lifting how good you're lifting and and if there's any difficulties if you want to become you want to lose weight you need to track the food that you're eating, right? You check how much fat you're eating, how much calories you're consuming, how much proteins, all that kind of stuff, you know, how, how much cardio you're doing. And I don't think it only applies to bodybuilding or losing weight. I think it translates to everything that you're doing in life. I think everything should be not like tracked by the scent, kind of like financials, but without being able to track anything and whether it is in marketing and business and personal life, of course, there are some things you can't measure, kind of like a relationship with a woman, you know, but still the ability to reflect and thinking about one's actions and outcomes and choices you've made and how things could have played out. 
I think that is super important. And I think that's that's also one of the main reasons why I'm where I'm here, where I'm at today. What is your experience of money now versus five years ago? Yeah. I think it's a good question. I've I don't think I've ever been asked that question. I, I think it's a great question. I mean, having no money, it's kind of like you're trying to look at everything that you're doing, right? You're trying to turn around every cent that you have. You're not trying to spend, like, even when you're going to the club and, you know, with friends, you're like, oh, like, I don't want to spend more than X or Y or Z. Or like, you go to an ATM and you withdraw some money. So you're like, okay, I'm not going to use my card. If you have, <laughs> well, if, if you know for a fact you're not going to use your card and if you're not going to get too drunk or something. But it's kind of like you set your own rules, right? I don't want to spend more than X. I don't want to spend more than Y because I can't spend more than X or Y. And today it's like, I'm not looking at my personal account. Like I know how much money I have approximately, not like to the cent, but I know like round about how much money I have, but I don't need to look at my bank account because I'm not doing crazy purchases like, like a Lambo or a Ferrari or something. Cause like, I couldn't even drive that in Bali. Like, what am I going to do with it? Right. So as long as I know that I'm not spending, you know, 500 K every day, I'm, I'm making more money than I'm spending. So, you know, like having to book a business class flight or wanting to book a business class flight from here to Germany, it's not going to be an issue because I know, okay, well, the comfort of me being able to sit 10 hours on a flight to Dubai and six and a half hours from Dubai to Frankfurt, it's going to be a way better experience because I can have my sleep. I can have my rest. I can wake up super balanced. I can have some sleep. I'm not going to feel jet lag provided I'm timing the sleep and everything correctly with the time zone switch and everything. So that being said, I'm not looking at how much money I'm spending because I know no matter how much I'm going to spend with my current spending habits, it's not going to matter because I'm, I'm working, I have my cash flow businesses, I'm investing my money and my money is, it's kind of like compound effect, right? If, if you, if you invest into the stock market or if you invest into real estate every 10 years, it's going to double. That's what they say, at least with real estate, right? If you take a look at the charts and everything, it's kind of true. So that's how I deal with money. Like if I have to spend $200 for dinner, 1K for dinner, 2K for dinner to invite all of my friends, like I don't care because I know it's a blessing for me to have all of this money. And like, why wouldn't I treat my friends or why wouldn't I be treating, you know, my close people or partners or anything? Because I know at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's not about ROI but it's about the experiences that you have in life, right? It's not always about money. And this is like how I how I look at things. When I want to go skydiving, I'll go skydiving. If I want to travel the world and go to New Zealand or Fiji, I'm going to go there. Let's jump to your business model. So what is your business model and how do you make money? Yeah. So I have a few businesses. The main cash flow business, so to say, is my Google Ads agency called Adcubator. Been running that since 2018, 23 employees. We're managing around 18 million a month right now in ad spend. That's one business. Been into e-com since 2017. So I'm running a few brands, doing dropshipping still on the side. Also a cash flow business, but also assets. If they're brands and if you have stock and everything, building the social media, you know, building the the subscriptions, building your customer lists and everything, because that's an asset. 
I have an info product, so an education company called Ecom Incubator. We're running ads. We're teaching people essentially how they can build their own dropshipping business, how, how they can build their own e-commerce business, or even how they can scale their current brand to further levels that they want to achieve that we have achieved, for example. Third thing. Fourth thing, I'm investing into other companies, especially, well, marketing companies, marketing agencies, because I have the track record, right? I know what I've done with my agency. People in the space kind of know what I've done with my agency. People know where I'm at. People know I've been around for years. People know my client satisfaction is like 99% because you can't always, you know, make it right to everyone. There's always going to be that one guy uh, or, or, or girl. Um, and then like also, I wouldn't really say it's a business that I run for money, but it's like keynotes, right? I've had like 10 or 11 keynotes this year and I've gotten paid for most of them. Um, but it's not about the money there. It's more so about building the personal brand, teaching other people, you know, showing awareness or bringing awareness to the space, showing the people that you're there. So yeah, these are like the main businesses that I'm running. What's your daily routine? Daily routine, if I'm in Bali, is going to be waking up. There's always, there's not a fixed time frame where I'm like, okay, I'm doing this every day. Because again, like in life, it's all about trade-offs, right? If I decide to go partying on a Friday, I'm not going to wake up at 7 a.m., 8 a.m. in the morning, right? Depending on when I'm home, if, if we're out for like, let's say 6 a.m., of course, I'm not going to be awake at 7 a.m. But let's say daily routine, everything, you know, same, same. Between 7 and 9 a.m., waking up sometimes 10 a.m. Depends how long I'm working. Um, I can actually check my calendar and tell you exactly like the time frames and everything because I think that's interesting. Okay, so waking up, morning routine. So taking a shower, you know, brushing my teeth, drinking water. That's a morning routine, just like showering, brushing my teeth, and then just straight to work, deep work. No phone, no nothing. Uh, just working on the most important tasks, right? For for prioritization, everything. I'm using ClickUp and all of my businesses. And of course, I have assistants. So I'm checking what she's saying, what's important for the day. I'm checking with my C-level and then just getting to work. But after that, small break because the deep work is for, you know, around two to three, maybe four hours, depending on how I'm feeling. Uh, focus work. Focus work is... Not deep work, not where I'm not checking my phone, not checking stuff, but sometimes, you know, if there's like something important, people can reach me. Then breath work or meditation, then badging. Badging for me personally is checking Slack, checking emails, because I don't want to be every half an hour on Slack or on my emails or on Twitter or whatsoever or Instagram. So I'm just checking that if anything came in, you know, because... I mean, you, you know, with your emails, probably if you have an email and you're checking once a day, you probably need to wait one or two days for a reply, depending on the time zone. So it's get like all super delayed and you just want to make sure that you're covering all the things ASAP. So yeah, then I'm going for food or I'm ordering food, working out, stretching, focus work, badging again, break or food, depending on how I feel or both uh, focus work. And then yeah, meetings. Sometimes I have meetings in between. I can have meetings during the focus work as well. Every focus work slot is anywhere from one and a half to two and a half hours. It always depends. Right now I would be in, I'm in focus work, for example, right? And this is like where I'm able to schedule in meetings and all that kind of stuff. But like 
in deep work. I don't want to have any meetings. I don't want to be bothered by anyone. I just want to focus on my most important things and just get them done. Because then I know, okay, I have three hours to myself. Everything is still super quiet because everyone is either in the US or in Europe, right? Europe, still sleeping. US, people are getting ready to sleep and everything, you know, so it's not like crazy stuff is coming in. So I know, okay, I have that time to myself. But this is how a typical day in the life looks like pretty much every day, unless I decide to do a weekend trip or something, or unless I decide to go out, you know, have dinner with friends or something, go to a bar, that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's all day in the life of, uh, of Elon. <laughs>so if we're talking about deep work what exactly is deep work for me deep work is a time where and i mean i we're, we've clarified that you know no distractions no disturbance but i want to work on pretty much the most important task of the day three most important tasks not not most important tasks as with due date but most important tasks of leverage and opportunity costs because if i know okay i need to get something done by tomorrow and it's going to take me 10 minutes why would I do it in deep work if it's going to take me 10 minutes and I can do it in, you know, after food or something where well, I don't need all of my mental capacity because my mental capacity, I used to be a person where I would be able to focus at night the best, right? I used to be such a night owl. My sleep chronotype is wolf. Um, so right now I'm just trying to get everything that's important that has leverage to be done in the morning because that way my team can take care of the stuff that I have already worked on pretty much the same day, right? Because I'm already kind of done with it or they see the progress. What is your uh, sweetest dream and worst nightmare? Let's let's talk about business. I feel like worst nightmare is having bank accounts frozen or something uh, or payment processors blocked. And I mean, we have that right now. We have a Stripe account on hold with like, it's not going to kill the business, but it's like still annoying. I have like 120,000 on hold there for no reason because we scaled too fast, too high. Uh, but having like banks completely blocked, losing my SIM card, which happened many times where I'm not able to log into my bank account, losing access to two-factor authentication uh, and, and also crypto wallets, stocks and everything, right? Because like getting that SIM card and getting that number hard, uh, having my Mac stolen, having my phone stolen, oh I don't have God. any backups. I said, I'm going to do it today. Uh, not good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I need to have backups. So that's something else uh or having like a broken display being being on travel just like having to figure out where to get another mac and doing the data transfer actually happened one time um was in hamburg wanted to go to the office no wanted to go from the office to my friend's place and uh do you know these things these stickers that you can put on top of your camera and then slide them open and closed no so there's like small stickers right if you don't want to have your webcam show all the time there's like something you ah, okay for it. your okay i understand for your webcam okay right so i've had that on had my mac closed was carrying it walking like one kilometer maybe and then i was at my friend's place opened my mac and my display was broken i was like wait like <laughs> i just left and it was still working right and it was because of the pressure that you have of the sticky thing being on the oh webcam because it can't fully close right and like there's there's some pressure from the camera against the display so yes yeah should should remove it um sweetest dream i mean i'm living a super comfortable life i i can't complain about anything that's going on right now 
where is Jem in five years in that sweetest dream? My sweetest dream, uh, probably brand with a hundred million dollar valuation, having a net worth of a hundred million. And I think it's doable. Like I'm on, I'm on good pace. Not gonna lie. Do you have kids, or you are still free as a bird? <laughs> oh no, no, I'm, I'm 24. Don't have kids. Don't, don't plan on having any kids anytime soon. Right now is my time to focus on myself and, and myself only. So, not, not, not going to say it's not gonna happen in the future, but probably in the far future. So let's see. If anyone wants to speak to me or reach out, you can do that on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter. And then we'll just chat and, and see where things go, especially if you need to help scaling your business or anything, or just genuinely want to exchange. So we're looking forward to that. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik.